for joining us today. My name is Maccabee Griffin, and this is Beyond the Pen, where we take the well-known adage, read between the lines to a whole new level and beyond. Each week, we sit down with a new author to not only have a discussion about themselves and their books, but also learn the story behind the story. Now, today is a very, very special day for two reasons. One, I have a wonderful new author that I'm so happy that I was able to talk to. She is as crazy as I am, and that's kind of saying something. Um, But also because of the fact that I get to introduce you all to my new wonderful and beautiful, (laughs) my new beautiful uh, co-host, Miss Marcella Gonzalez. Hello. Thank you. Thank you, Maccabee. That's a wonderful introduction. I'm going to have to have you talk to Daniel. Um, He's got to introduce me to people like this from now on. See, you know, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. The so, bar has been set. <laughs> the bar has been set. Yes. And so people, that was just a glimpse of her voice for us. Today, our guest is a five-time, almost six-time author. Her first book, You Can't Eat Love, How Learning to Love Yourself Can Change Your Relationship with Food is in Amazon, and it is in the top 20 in the last 20 categories since it was released five days ago. Like so many, it took a moment of extreme sadness for her to realize something had to change. She began on a journey to fix what she thought was broken. That was when she discovered the my, so, my self-sized hole in her heart. And I'm going to definitely talk to her about that because I really like that, t- that term. Uh, that was when she realized she was not broken, just uninformed. She didn't know how to love herself. So now Leslie is on a mission to help others to find their, their why to go on the journey of self-discovery introduce them to their very best friend in the whole wide world, learn to love themselves, and live their best life. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the food relationship guru herself, Mrs. Leslie Lindsay Davis. Leslie, thank you for being on the show. We appreciate it so much, and we've had these conversations a little bit before, and I told her before, uh, I was about to say Daniel, just because her her Zoom, her, Marcella's uh, Zoom page right now, because we're pre-recording this right now, has her husband's name Daniel on there instead of Marcella. So I was about to just, man, oh, this is going to be fun today. I How do I fix tell. it? Oh, don't worry, I'll fix myself at some point. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> Leslie, thank you for being on the show. We appreciate it so much. Well, Maccabee, thank you so much. I've been so excited and looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I was laughing to myself as I was remembering pieces and parts of our introductory conversation. And then as I said to you earlier, when I discovered that you were, both of you actually are voiceover artists, I kept expecting somebody to start recording or doing voiceover to narrate my life. And I'm looking around for whoever that was. And fortunately, I do not have any disembodied voices floating around in my house which is a good thing well if they were disembodied they'd probably be in your head anyway so you know <laughs> but now that's, now that's, now 
hold on, hold on. <laughs> uh, for 17 years, uh, I worked in insurance and I, uh, people would ask me what I did. And I said, I speak to disembodied voices all day long because most of what I did was on the telephone. So you see, those disembodied voices were not in my head. Okay, well, we, we've had this conversation before. You already said there was a few in there, but, you know, hey, <laughs> I understand how it is. You know, I get, I have a t-shirt, and I'll show it to you guys real quick because my wife got it for me, and it is one of my favorite shirts. It says, for everybody else who can't see, it says, voice actor. I spend all day in a padded room talking to myself and get paid for it. Yes. <laughs> and it is true. It is very Those are true. goals. Goals. The goals, <laughs> the goals of them all. I told that to uh, a friend of mine who has her own show, Lady Maya. Um, her, her, uh, she's, uh, what, what was it? She said, Oh, she said, Well, if I have that, then I need to have an orange jumpsuit and, or own, an orange, uh, um, jacket. yeah, that jacket. And I was like, Well, if we're going to do that, I need to have mine in purple because purple is my favorite color. But anyways, I digress because this is going to go all over the place if we don't speak. Very well. <laughs> oh, sorry, apologies, apologies. Oh, but don't not. worry. It's it's all Daniel's fault. I mean, Marcello's fault. All Daniel's fault. fault. <laughs> I all... can blame Daniel. <laughs> He's not even here. I don't even know the guy yet. <laughs> Give us time. Give us time. Give us You'll time. love oh, yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think uh, I I think he looks just like Marcello. You know, <laughs> it, it was an interesting spot when her her picture went out and it was her husband's picture. And then she came back. I was like, hmm, she's a witch. She's a witch. She's a witch. Oh, dude, anyway. I keep telling you. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I know. That's why you're so charming and beautiful and yeah. all this other stuff. We already know this stuff. Anyways, yep, yep. Uh, anyways, I'll go get to the book. I promise. I love this. I love this. Okay. You can't eat love. I love that that title i mean it was definitely something when i started to read the digital copy of your book i remember thinking to myself like man she's saying and doing everything i do when i go to the grocery store except when um for me instead of you know chocolates at the uh, uh right any type of candy bar or anything like that or reese's pieces cups mine is zebra cakes and double oatmeal cookies yeah, I, know. I know it's horrible i'm a terrible man i know but here's the thing i get two lint sea salt chocolate bars for my wife just because my youngest likes to take it and i have to have a stash for i have to have a stash just for her so sometimes i have to worry about this but i digress so it was easy for me to really connect with you straight from the straight from the beginning uh, and i think that's why i had to put it down for a bit just because it was so real to me and i didn't like that and i know i think uh marcella when we had the conversation you said the same yeah. thing at some point too kind of triggering yeah yeah i felt like i was talking i was reading myself yeah it, yeah. it, it, it is definitely a book that um that you really when you start sitting down with it, you start really picturing yourself in it. And, and because the way that she wrote it is very, it's very conversational. And, and you even say to it, you know, I wanted this book to sound as if we are simply two very good friends enjoying a conversation. 
and I wanted to stay true to the way I speak. My question to you was, why was this so important to you? The, the writing of the book or staying true to the way that I speak? Which one? Well, let's do both. Let's do both. Okay. Well, um, to stay true to the way I speak was incredibly important because I didn't want to sound like, you know, some other stodgy, stagey person who was more concerned about their sentence structure and their word choice and things like that. <clears throat> because I felt like that would be very off-putting. And uh, writing the book was very important to me because I realized that there were other me's out there. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying the same thing over and over again to other people um, to the point that I, I had several people say, you know what, you should write a book. And I kept saying, oh, forget that, forget that. Mm-hmm. But it finally reached the point where I said, you know what, I, I don't have any option. I need to write the book. Actually, it wasn't that I needed to write the book. The book needed to be written. And the reason that the book needed to be written is there were other people out there. Now, it was scary when I started putting, uh, I wouldn't say pen to paper, but hand to keyboard. Mm -hmm. And when I finally got out of my own way and let the words just fall out, I called it vomiting. Just let the words just vomit out onto the Mm -hmm. keyboard. That was when it became more real and raw. And I was um, uncovering and remembering stuff that I hadn't really thought of, stuff that I had put in the corner. Um, And it makes me feel um, validated for both of you to say you had to set down my words because they were bringing up stuff that you either didn't want to confront or had never confronted. So that says to me, in spite of my fear of how people would receive my words, my words did their job. I connected with you because you see, you are the other me that's out there. You are the me that I wrote the book for. And what a lot of people don't understand is I didn't write the book for thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I wrote the book for one person at a time. And my mission is to reach a million people one at a time and then start all over again. So I didn't write it for thousands of people. I wrote it for each one of you. And and you know what? I think that's exactly the reason why it connected so much was just because there are a lot of authors that are out there that just when they write, a lot of times they are looking for the grammar. Does this sound good? Does this make, you know, does this make sense grammatically? And to me, you know, as someone who likes to write stuff too, uh, mostly just stories for Dungeons and Dragons or just to get (laughs) things out of my head, uh, there's a lot of times where I will go back after I've already vomited all the words out. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound right. Let me do this instead. And I'd start to notice that I changed the, the whole thing in a way because it doesn't sound the way it did when it first came out it doesn't have that same connection and you know i think that's really a great thing that you're doing um because you know here's the other term that i really thought was great was the my sized hole in your heart my self-sized hole my self-sized excuse me my self-sized <clears throat> hole in the heart i even had it written down right in front of me and i just didn't write it um but it was something i never i never thought before normally you hear the phrases like 
you know, dark void or emptiness in my heart. Why was this terminology so important to you and why you wrote it like that? Well, so many times we spend, um, we, we spend a lot of time seeking and looking and what occurred to me, and, and I talk about this in the first two paragraphs of the book, what occurred to me when I was eating this chocolate pie that I talk about at the beginning of the book is I had everything that I needed, <clears throat> but what I realized was the only person that didn't love me was my own self. And you can hear sometimes, you know, there's a God-shaped hole in your heart. There's, right. you know, a person hole in your heart. You know, this person completes my heart, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I realized that what I was missing was my own love. Mm -hmm. And so as a consequence, I had a myself-sized hole in my heart. And mm -hmm. for you, that my self-sized hole is different than my myself sized hole. Right. But it was really very empowering when I realized that the only hole that was in my heart really was the, the love for myself oh. and that I had been using food as my drug of choice to kill the pain, to numb the pain, um, to stop the hamsters that were running around in my head, you know, telling me stories that weren't true, telling me um, stories about how I was unworthy and unlovable. Um, and, you know, those, those stories, they keep digging the hole a little bit deeper. And I used food as my drug of choice to numb the pain, to stop the pain. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, but you know what? It doesn't have to make sense. The only person that it needs to make any kind of sense to is me or to you. Yeah. So when I talk about that, my self-sized hole in my heart, I'm reminding myself and reminding you that you have everything that you need. You have everything that you desire. You simply need to begin learning to love yourself so that you can fill that hole in your heart and release the power that whatever your drug of choice is. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I was, I was just skimming through again because it, it, um, it, I said before it was very triggering for me and I'm seeing things here, the, the lies, the lies we tell ourselves. Yes. And, yes, um, yeah, yeah. Cause the first one was so profound. Diet Coke. I grew up in a household where that's all we drank. Like if, <laughs> if somebody said water, what's water? <laughs> and yeah, no, seriously. We actually joke that when my mom, uh, if my mom should ever need plasma, that we'll just give her a bottle of Coke. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, how did you realize? I mean, when uh, this is so profound for me, when did you realize you were lying to yourself? I mean, when did you actually say, cause I have, you have them listed here. And as I was going through them, I was, I was, I was shocked. I was like, my God, I've been lying to myself. Mm -hmm. That's, that's literally what I said. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. <laughs> it was admitting it to me. Yeah. That was so profound. Well, I knew that I had been making up the stories, mm -hmm. but when I started saying these are the stories I'm telling myself was when I actually started to learn to love myself, when I actually started um, <clears throat> forgiving myself for making not so great choices, that was when the lies really started appearing 
and it'd be like, um, wait, hold on, hold on. You know, you eat food off of somebody's plate. It has no calories. Um, and then I would even, you know, impose the argument. If you have it with diet Coke, it's negative calories. So, you know, what's wrong there, but it was when I started really learning to love myself and to, um, uh, start accepting me where I was at that moment in time that the lies really got obvious. And I started saying, okay, so this is what you were doing. You know what? You were doing that because that's what you needed to do to protect yourself at that moment. And then, you know, the lies just became more and more obvious. And one of the things that I talk about is there are no bad choices, and we don't cheat because, you know, the words that we use when we speak to ourselves are so powerful. And the words that we use speaking to ourselves are actually more powerful than the words that other people use. So in order to be honest with myself, I had to start saying, OK, this is where I'm lying to myself. All right. Hold on. What's really going on? And uh, some of the lies yeah, as I was writing them, I was like, oh, people are going to be rolling their eyes at them. But I've had several, I mean, quite a few wow. people come back and say, how did you know? Yes, I, I was definitely like that, too. And I, I'm really glad that Marcella brought this up uh, with the lies, because it, it, it is something that I really am glad that you put in there. Because here's the other thing that I really enjoyed about it. It's like how you always, you're always giving these life hacks and support to the readers that it, and, and you're you're doing this by not only you know giving them hints uh, or tips of like what to bring in the baggage on your on your road this road on the journey um but also you know you're introducing them to a facebook group um you are introducing them to so many support uh resources and it's almost like you in a way to me when i was reading i was like Oh, she she is starting the whole new Weight Watchers thing and making it even better <laughs> because Weight Watchers is, does something like that, but not to that extent, I don't think, to no. me, because there's not really that connection. And there's pro and don't get me wrong, there's plenty of of groups out there that do this, but for for me, I thought this one was really good because at that right at the beginning, you're like, okay, take a picture of yourself, pop it up on the Facebook page and the group page and and let's begin this and you know i thought it was really funny that uh when you were starting to talk to people um you were describing so many things about how you were going through this uh when you first started talking about the uh the meringue pie at the <laughs> beginning um yeah that meringue pie was like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, i like meringue pie i can't help it Anyways, but, you know, it, it raised a good point to me in, in, while I was reading this, like, you know, when you started this journey, you said at the beginning, you know, at, at, at some point in the beginning, you were like, you are still, uh, you were working on Leslie version 2.0. And my question to you at this point is, are you still on Leslie version 2.0 or have you started to improve, continue to improve on that original model? I'm still on Leslie 2.0 because I liked Leslie 2.0 and I haven't seen a need to move to Leslie 2.3 yet. Now the operative word there is yet, mm -hmm. uh, but it made it, 
I mean, I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I've made some big switches, um, you know, you've got to kind of drive a stake in the ground. I mean, let, let's look at this. Have you ever moved houses? You know, move from one house to another house, move from one apartment to another apartment. You don't keep your stuff in the old apartment and have stuff in the new apartment. You know, you're, you're not waffling back and forth between the two apartments, the two houses, or even the two cities. Usually you pack up all your stuff from one area and you move to the other area and that's where you are. You um, notify the uh, postal service, you know, that you've got a new address. You notify the bank that you've got a new address. I mean, think about this. You, you notify all these people that you are now living at a new address. Well, essentially, that's what I did with Leslie 2.0, but I wasn't notifying the world yeah. that I was Leslie 2.0. I was notifying the most important person in my world that I was Leslie 2.0, and that was myself. I was saying to myself, okay, this is where we were. This is where we want to go. Now, we're moving there. Was it perfect? Oh, heavens to Betsy, no. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but perfect can be very boring. Uh, (laughs) But it was a signal to myself that things were not going to be the same as they were. Did I make mistakes as I went along the way? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, how many times have you blown breakers in your house? Really? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, think Do we about want to all the things. That question? Do we want to answer that question on that? <laughs> but it was more of a signal to myself, you know, that, that what I was doing was not working. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do something different. And that also gave me permission to start being really kind to myself. Um, And I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. You know, we can be kind to strangers. We can be kind to other people. We can be kind to members in our family. Who is the one person that we are regularly very unkind to? And that's ourself. And then we wonder why we are looking for whatever our drug of choice is. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I agree with completely. Everything you're saying is something that I've, I think a lot of people forget because they get on this whole thing about the, the four bad letters, you know, four letter word that no one wants to see or hear, especially at the beginning of the year. You know, the D-I-E-T. Because you, you don't want to die. You know, that's what diet means. You're dying. You're literally starving yourself. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, that's what I've always heard. And, and, and on your other statement before, when it came to, like, when you were talking about, like, oh, the, as long as I have a Diet Coke with this, you know, whatever this chocolate is, I'll be fine. I grew up in the theater. And when we were, when I was in the, um, and this was a long time long time ago um when i was helping with the the costumes and everything we used to have a costume designer and two older women over there i loved them to death i loved all three of them to death and they would have this big old class bowl of just hershey's chocolate yeah and they would they would always say the same thing well it's got milk and it's got chocolate on it so it balances (laughs) itself out so you can have as much as you want it was like that was the old thinking and i was like you know what they're right but it's a lie 
no matter what, it's still a lie. And, you know, that's one of the other reasons why I was like, man, this is going to be a long journey if I'm going to be on. And I, I love <laughs> yeah. how you put it. Yeah, it's going to be a real long journey. And I, I love how when you, you were, you're starting on this journey, you're always telling us like, okay, let's get your bag. Mine is a, a zebra. Uh, what was it? A pink zebra? It's zebra uh, with pink trim. That's what it was. <laughs> zebra with pink trim uh, suitcase. And you tell people, take a picture of it. I want to see what you're traveling with. And this is all the things you need in it. And don't worry, we'll pick up stuff on the way. And one of the things you asked is like, uh, how long is your longest uh, trip, trip you've ever been on? Now, I'm going to ask Marcella this one. How long is the longest trip you've ever been on? What is the longest? Probably my whole life. Knows. Yeah, <laughs> the guilt trip for my life. <laughs> okay, I'm in. No, you you forgive yourself for that one. That one yeah. is a very I short trip. I forgive her for that one. I yeah. forgive her for that one. Yeah, that, that's no. a short trip. That's a very yeah. short trip, yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're an actual trip that you've went on. The longest trip? trip? Yes, the longest uh, trip. I went to visit my mom in Florida for three uh, three weeks. Okay, so how long did yeah. you get take you to get from new york to there or if you were there it took me it took me two hours two hours by plane two and a half hours okay see now here's the other thing it, it, marcello's got my notes too my, my little outlines like <laughs> i was in the military so we at one point um when on my first deployment i actually was stationed in hawaii at that time and so we had to go instead of going the short way to get to iraq we had to go the long way around and it was so, believe me, you do not want to be on a military plane with so many soldiers that have had uh, airplane food. It is, oh it is the most disgusting thing. <laughs> Boots are coming off with sweat. You're, oh my God, it was horrible. I think altogether, this is, this is, I'm telling you, this is how far it was. Okay, we would start in Hawaii. Then we went into Dallas or Fort Worth, Texas, excuse me. Then from Fort Worth, we went to Atlanta, Atlanta to... Uh, Germany, Germany to Kuwait, Kuwait to Iraq. And then when we came back, it was Iraq to Kuwait, Kuwait to Ireland, Ireland to Atlanta, Atlanta to uh, Fort Worth, Fort Worth to um, oh my God. To, uh, to Hawaii. <laughs> and I mean, it, that's like, that was 32 hours. Wow. All together. It was one of the longest flights that I have ever been on. And don't ask me why. I can't even remember why they said. I think at some point they said that if we go the short way, it's, it's considered a, um, a sign of, uh, of um, oh, what was the word I wanted to say? A sign of war. Because oh, a sign of aggression. Okay. Yeah, going over China, going over uh, or going <clears> to <throat> Japan, over China, and all those other ones. Yeah. Like, Did, yeah, you didn't have the air, you didn't have the airspace that you could clear through. It was probably the problem. Well, no, we had plenty of airspace. No, I'm saying the airspace. countries, the countries yeah. wouldn't allow you access yeah. through the airspace. Yeah, and that's why they were saying, you know, you don't want to do that. And so when I was looking at this, you know, it was like the other thing that you really pushed out there was the you know, it's how we get ready. We're, we're so excited to get ready and get on the trip. But when we start to do the cleanup and everything, it's like, when we get back, you're like, oh man, now I got to get all my stuff unpacked. I've got to 
get it washed. I've got to put my stuff yeah. away. I'm going to be tired as can be anyways. I'm just going to leave it there for a couple of days, whatever the case may be. And, you know, do you think this is why it's so hard for people to keep going on this, this type of journey is because of that? Or do you think well, it's just something else in, in their mentality? Um, one of the things that I realized is every other time I had tried to go on a quote unquote diet, and I would like to offer this up, diet no longer stands for diet. It now stands for do intentionally eat this. Do intentionally eat this. Okay. It's no longer diet. It's not a bad word anymore. Uh, but I believe that one of my problems was I was always focusing on the goal. I wanted to lose X number of pounds. I would get there. I'd be really happy. I'd be really excited. But I hadn't changed anything in my life, really. Mm. Okay. So let, let's pretend. Let's pretend that you start off and you're driving um, a Fiat. Okay. A very small Fiat. Two, you know, two-seater Fiat. And it doesn't take a whole lot of gas, doesn't take a whole lot of oil, but it goes a long way, right? And it holds two people. Okay, well, you get married, you have children, you decide, all right, I'm going to upgrade. So you buy yourself um, a Suburban, okay? Or let's make it a Cadillac crossover. Oh, you haven't seen my budget, have you? <laughs> I, I would have to get yeah. a minivan from like 1993, just to do that. Look, this this is fantasy, okay? Okay. Right. Do, right. do not rain on my parade. Do not rain on my parade. Um, okay. So anyway, we get ourselves a Cadillac crossover, mm -hmm. but we continue living as if we are driving a Fiat. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what happens? Well, we don't end up where we think that we're going because we ran out of gas. Yeah. We leave a lot of people sitting on the curb because we believe we can only carry two people. So we didn't learn anything in the transition mm -hmm. from the Fiat to the Cadillac. So let's apply that to, you know, to any of these major journeys where we're changing things about how we look at our life, especially if we're changing our relationship with food. You know, this can apply to a lot of other things. The, the thing that was the hardest work was digging down into why in the heck was I here in the first place Yeah, and changing the thought process and understanding, okay, this is what would set me off. This is what would cause me to, you know, grab a bag of barbecue potato chips and an entire container of uh, onion dip and sit down and eat it and make sure that nobody knew that I had eaten the whole thing because I'm burying it in the bottom of the trash can. These are the things that I needed to focus on. You know, why was I doing these things? What was really going on? Mm -hmm. So I ask people, you know, to consider the furthest journey that you've ever been on. Okay, what what went into getting ready to go on that journey? What kept your hind end in that seat on that plane for all those hours? Okay, what was it? Because you had motivation. Now, maybe when you were heading towards Iraq, you didn't have a whole lot of motivation other than you knew you had a job to do. Um, and thank you for your service. Uh, my son did, my oldest did two tours in Iraq and two in Afghanistan. 
Um, but, you know, coming back home, you had a whole lot of motivation to keep your hind end in that seat. <laughs> ah, I hit the wrong button. Ah. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I know. It's good. It's recording again. Okay, Sorry. okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, anyway, when you were on your way to Iraq, you know, you may not have had a lot of mo- motivation to keep your hind end in the seat, but coming back home... Even though you probably needed a gas mask and some sleeping pills and everything else in order to make the trip, you had extreme motivation, you know, to keep your hind end in the seat. So what I what I tell people is let's figure out what's happening after we, you know, achieve whatever it is we're trying to achieve. But don't focus on the end game. If we constantly focus on the end game, which is, let's say, arbitrarily, I want to lose 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. If we're constantly focusing on that 20 pounds, the minute we gain half a pound, we'll be, oh, I failed, I screwed up, and we start shaming ourselves and shooting ourselves and all those things, and we forget, you know what, maybe I gained half a pound, but guess what, I've already lost 10, look at me, this is amazing, look at all the things that were going on in my life, and I lost 10 pounds, So what if I gained half a pound? Big deal. I'm moving forward. And then we're able to get to the end. But by the time we arrive at the end, we've changed our mindset. We've changed our philosophy. We've changed what we're focusing on. And most importantly, we have filled the myself-sized hole in our heart. And that drug of choice does not have the same grip on us as it did before. You know, I, I love that. And again, for all those that are listening to this, I apologize. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> I, I'm par, I'm on par right now for technical difficulties. Uh, first time I forgot to unmute myself for the first like two minutes or something when I was reading, or one or two minutes. Second time, an internet went out on me. Last one did pretty fine, but this one, nah, not so much. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> I love doing this. It's great. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> The other, you know, I love everything you're saying because it's so true. It really is. And, you know, it was wonderful how you were using that, that whole idea of the, of getting stuck in traffic on the, on the, on the highway that really hit me too. And that like concreted me into this whole thing, whole idea was that when you, when you get stuck in traffic, you don't like, just like turn off the car and get out and just continue walking home you actually stay there and you wait until traffic starts to moving and you'll do whatever you can just to pass the time and that's something that you know i was really interested in how you you did that when you uh, made that comment and why is it so why do you think it's so hard for us to plan for these like little traffic jams in our in our travels on this you know, on this new journey of ours, you know, when we want to quit? Well, I think it's hard to plan because uh, the world that's running around us wants to do something different. I mean, think about the commercials. Uh, you know, when we hit something hard, what is it that they're, that we're seeing? Somebody is handing us some food, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, the egg, newest Eggo waffle commercial that makes me absolutely bonkers. Uh, you know, won't wear pants, will eat Eggo waffles, um, you know, excuse me. And then there's the hey, child. That's my, and- that's my mornings you're talking about. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> Sorry. 
Then there's the child who is obviously upset on the other side of the bathroom door and the mother pushes a Kit Kat. Uh, We are surrounded by images. We are surrounded by people. We are surrounded by, oh my gosh, so much stuff Mm -hmm. that says, if you're struggling, this is how you fix it. Yeah. You go to Wendy's, you go to McDonald's, you go buy a Kit Kat, you go, you, you know, all this kind of stuff. Grab a we Snickers even, bar. Yeah. And get, grab a <laughs> Snickers bar. Are you um, hangry? Out of, are you hangry right now? Are you hangry? Are you Betty are you White hangry? right now? Because that's what you're talking about. That's exactly right. You, you know, grab a Snickers bar. Um, and, and then the other part of that whole thing is we have food that we have labeled comfort food. Yes. Uh, we have people who say, I cook for you because I love you. Um, we, we assign all of this power mm-hmm. to this thing. So it's so easy when we run into a problem instead of saying, you know what? This is what happened. This is what I had planned to do. This is what actually happened. And you know something? It's okay because next time I'm going to make a different choice. And that's one of the reasons why it became so critical to me to remove bad choice from my vocabulary, to remove cheat. And I say in the book, there are only three ways you can cheat. One is on taxes. The other is on a test. And the third way is on your significant other. Anything else, you're just lying to yourself. So we circle back to the lies I tell myself. But if we recognize that we have three choices, a great choice, a good choice, and a not so good choice, think of the language. Think of how you feel when you hear those words. You're not feeling shamed. You're not feeling defeated. You're not feeling anything other than, okay, I'm human. All right. So I made a not so great choice. I was really struggling today. Um, you know, something happened in the world, something happened in my life, and I'm really not coping with it very well, because I'm really not wanting to deal with that emotion. And so instead, what I did was I went to the store, and I got that bag of barbecue potato chips and that container of onion dip, and I sat down and I ate the whole thing. But you know what, I know what was going on. Now, I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with myself. And I'm going to discover what was really happening. And I think that's part of what we don't do. We want the quick fix. We want the um, stop the pain. You you shouldn't feel. Oh, my gosh. Don't get me started on the you shouldn't <laughs> feel that way, people. Um, yeah. Just, you know, just flat out. You shouldn't feel, mm-hmm. period. And so then what do you do with that? Because internally you are feeling and you have to figure out how to sort that out. So that's why I say, you know, let's meet your very best friend in the whole wide world. And that's you. You are always with you. You are always willing to listen to you. Yes. And you can be honest with you. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really... I, I, you know what, I think there's going to be at some point we're going to bring her back on, uh, Marcella, because I already said there's going to be at least sometime there's going to be at least another part two of this because, you know, I think it's it's amazing that you know we always because me and Marcella are on wisdom like every day. Yeah, we talk about we talk on there all the time. We have our own little topics we talk, and I'm I'm just listening to her. I'm like, 
there are so many gems of wisdom that she's yep. dropping on on us right now. I, you honestly need to have your own. You need to get on the wisdom app. Yeah, it's free, <laughs> and you need to just start adding this stuff on there because I mean, even at the beginning of the book, when you say even if you look at that magic pill, it still says you have to work out. Yeah. You have to yeah. work. And that's what I thought was really wonderful about like straight from the beginning. It's like, all right, we got to get rid of the lies. We got to get rid of all these things that you're telling yourself that you can't do it because of whatever excuse you want to say. And there's no magic pill. You still have to work. And you're like, you're just cutting everything up straight at the beginning and just throwing it in trash state. All right, let's get your, your, uh, your suitcase and, uh, Make sure it's something that can be seen in the airport and let's get going. Oh, and you only need this certain material right now. But you know what? We are coming to the to the end of this show. And normally I do this, but you know what? I think I'm just going to call it Marcella's, uh, Marcella's Corner. Her Marcella's five, Corner. Marcella's Corner, where she asks these authors five simple questions. And they are questions that anybody can ask. You know, it, it's it's depending on how deep you want to get, but normally, you know, I've been asking these questions of at least uh, three to four different people already, and they've all said something differently on everyone. So, Marcella, it's your corner. Go ahead and ask your questions. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, Leslie, you're ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Are question you ready? One. Oh, I'm always ready. <laughs> <laughs> always ready. Uh, question one. And I, I love these questions, Mac. We just got to tell you. Thank what you. person, event, or book inspired your literary journey that could also help inspire others to do the same? Uh, well, fortunately, I was asked this the other day, and so I was forced to think about it because I hadn't really thought about it. <laughs> anyway, the, the book, Motherless Daughters by Hope Edelman, was the first time that I felt as if someone actually heard me and could relate to how I felt and the thoughts that I had. So in the background, when I was writing You Can't Eat Love, I was believing that I could reach out and touch someone the same way that Hope Edelman had touched me with her book, Motherless Daughters. And I've, I've read the book now three times. The first time was 25 years ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's on my reading list. I haven't gotten to it yet, but thank you. I think I might move it up. I might definitely move it up. Amazing book. Yep. Yep. All right. You ready for number two? Sure. What are some common traps for aspiring writers that you either have had on your journey or you've seen happen to others? Not making writing time a priority. Um, not setting aside a specific time each day and making an appointment with yourself so that just as you would, you know, a doctor, a dentist or, you know, Manny Petty, making it as sacred as the most important appointment that you have in the rest of your life. Um, and that's one of the things that I have allowed to happen recently and I haven't finished zombie siege so now you're reminding me (laughs) that I need to carve out that time put it in stone and finish zombie siege zombie siege oh we're we're gonna have to talk later (laughs) just because of the title itself zombie siege 
Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it already. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Go. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here going, wow, wait, I need to, I need to tap in with you again. Um, this is my favorite question, by the way. What is your writing kryptonite? Oh, other, <laughs> other people interfering with my time. Yes. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Because here, I, I, I have to interject with this. I get so many different answers with it. Either it is um, uh, procrastination or not taking my time or other people. I love this. Yeah. I love it. I'm making yeah. a shirt that says, what's your writing kryptonite? Oh my God, I'm making do it. that. Oh, that would be a great shirt. That's a great shirt. I'm already copyrighted, so no one else go after. Anyway. Well, and I, I can't speak for other people, but I know for myself, uh, my family, you know, raises an eyebrow and shakes her head, and they don't really believe in what it is that I'm doing. Not one of them has ever read a single word that I have written. And so I, I say, you know what? That, that that is okay that's their choice it's not as if the books aren't laying around where they could actually pick one up for free and not buy it mm. um <laughs> but you know what that's okay I, i'm not doing it for them i'm not doing it to impress them i am doing it for the other me that's out there except zombie siege i'm doing it because you know why not and and yes why you know, not, <laughs> why not? i've heard of zombie house mice have a zombie siege too and I'll- yes, yes, oh zombie God. siege, and <laughs> and you'll be startled when you see the characters. But when I finish it, which I'm not that far from finishing it, which is so crazy that I haven't finished it. When I finish it, I'll send you guys um, a PDF of it, and um, I can't I wait to wait. hear what you think. I, I cannot wait, wait to see that. <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait. Go ahead, number four. Sorry. Yeah, number four. Number four. <laughs> if you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? That your words matter that what you have to say is impacting people and that there is somebody out there who really needs to hear from you. So be brave, be scared and do it anyway. Oh, I love her so much. I I I I don't care if she's from Texas and doesn't have a Southern accent. Oh I don't care. (laughs) I love her. Oh, Hey, wait, I'm from New York and I don't have a New York accent. Yeah, but so we're gonna have Italian. to talk about well, this later. Yeah, yeah, but you're a Latina. You literally have everything Latina, else yeah. in you. So <laughs> we've already had this conversation about your accent. No, anyway. she's fabulous. <laughs> Leslie, you're fabulous. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you are as well. <laughs> oh my god, she's <laughs> See, I knew it was gonna happen. I knew it was gonna happen. I even asked her, it's like I even told her when we first started talking, I was like. You have to at least start talking at least a little bit of Spanish to to uh, Marcella just to see if she can answer you back anymore. Me alegro, me alegro mucho. That's a, that's. A, I'm ah, gracias, gracias. <laughs> All right, so number five, last one. What quote inspires you to continue writing or encourages you to be the best you can be? Oh. Um, I think it's Melody Beattie, her quote, um, gratitude makes what we have enough. I love it. That was amazing. I love it. Who was that again? Melody Beattie, B-A-T-T-I-E. It's it's in the book. It's one of my quotes in the book. Um, And the reason that I love it is because 
when when I start struggling and start thinking, you know, the, the hamsters start spinning in my head, if I will simply pause and make a list of things that I'm grateful for, it fires so many hamsters, sends them back to the pet store, and I'm able to um, think clearer, feel clearer, and then to do whatever the next thing is that I need to do. Oh my God. Wow. You, you know what? I, I love her book just because one, obviously it's the truth and it empowers you so much, <laughs> but it, it, it makes you think and it hurts my brain when I think sometimes. <laughs> hey, I got, you gotta understand, I got a lot of voices in here like to try to actually take control. It's hard to deal with sometimes. Yes, I understand. I understand. Um, Martella definitely understands on that one. Yeah. Uh, she's heard some of those voices. Oh, uh, several. Yeah. Several. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, the other thing I really like about the book is because you have so many quotes in there from everybody. Yep. You know, you, the, you had one from Bruce Lee. You had, um, oh my gosh, there were so many in there. I don't even remember how, all of them. It was so, so wonderful. Anyways. I want to thank Leslie. I really do want to thank you for being here, Marcella. I'm definitely sure that you you learned something from her. So much. I already, yeah, I already know you guys are going to get. I have my all, notes. Did you see me typing? Yes, I saw that <laughs> typing a little bit on the side. I've already typed a little bit too. Like, okay, I got to do this, 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 and this, and this. Anyways, Leslie, thank you for being our guest today and sharing with us the story behind your book. You can't eat love. How learning to love yourself can change the relationship with your food. So, Leslie, the floor is yours. Please tell everyone where they can find you online, any special events that you'll be participating in, or anything that you would like to close the show with. Well, first of all, thank you guys both so much. This has been so much fun, uh, really. Um, I almost hate to end the call because I feel like we could carry on a conversation for a whole month and, oh, and yeah, you know easily. not be tired. That's why uh, I said there's gonna be a part two. There will be a part oh, yeah, two definitely. at some point. I, I will I will look forward to that. Oh, yeah. um, the easiest way to find me and find anything about my books and anything else that I'm doing is at my website which is you can't eat love.com. Uh, that's where you can find all kinds of information and connections to social media and all of that stuff. Plus, if you want to reach out to me, there's a contact form so you can reach out to me. And that's you can't eat love.com. There's also uh, links to get the book. And if I can, I would just like to leave the listeners, the viewers, whatever, with this one message. You are enough. And if you don't believe you are, I'm going to believe it for you until you are able to believe it for yourself. And that is an actual quote from her book, from the lady who wrote it. And I love it so much. Thank you so much, Leslie, for being on our show today. And of course, my wonderful and amazing new co-host, Marcella. Uh, of course, y'all, it's going to be fun. This is going to be one of those road trips that's not going to end soon. I'm so happy I started this and I'm so happy I brought these two lovely ladies on here. So if you want to join us live this Saturday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Facebook and YouTube and any other Saturdays, mind you, 
you know, we uh, when you want to talk uh, with another inspiring author as they share their book and the inspiring story behind the story, you can see us. You can talk to us online. You can see us at uh, on. Oh, my gosh. There's so many places. So many places. You can hear our voices on wisdom all the time. So all you got to do is look up at Mac Griff VO. Uh, Marcella is. Marcella 13. That's it. (laughs) That's it. You can find us on our Facebook uh, fan page, Beyond the Pen. You can find us on any and every platform there possibly is right now that I'm I'm aware of. So pick this up. Um, Please, please, please share, comment, leave your reviews on the shows, download them, do everything possible just to get the word out about not only our show, but most importantly, our author, Miss Leslie Lindsay Davis. Um, I have to be crazy. It's just a part of my genetics. Anyways, so until next time, folks, remember, keep writing, keep inspiring, and keep sharing as you go beyond the pit. Thank you very much, folks. Have a great, wonderful day. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's Video On Demand and Livestream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.